Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 602 in the AM, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. On this thirsty Thursday, Ed Norris likes to call this day. Friday, babe. As we get one step closer to the weekend. You're moving that mic around. You were like boxing it. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a speed bag. It was in my space. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Folks, get your feet on the floor. Jump start your day with us uh, as you get closer and closer to the weekend. Yeah. Friday evening, man. Yeah. Oh, one more day. Hopefully everybody had a happy Valentine's Day yesterday. Yeah, happy Valentine's what? Day. Yeah. Just a you know, nice, nice night for couples. Yeah. Do you see this? Shout story? out to the uh, hotel cleaning crew. Yeah, Ooh, you guys got a rough one today. You might want to check those curtains, too. Wear gloves. Uh, black light. Wear gloves. You can't smoke in here, but you can do whatever else you want in here. Um, no, I was looking at, uh, you know, as there was so much basketball yesterday, but like with Valentine's Day, there was a story about this Asian man who was single, and he was so petty. I thought Rob might like this, that he bought every other seat at the movie theater that night so nobody could sit next to each other. I heard celebrities doing that. <laughs> so the Screw one, you! No, celebrities are buying a row. The whole thing, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he's buying every other seat. Yeah, you yeah, can come, but you just can't sit next to anyone. Hey, the pettiest, though. That's mighty petty. Since you're on the subject of buying up seats, remember when Ja Rule tried to oh come back? Oh, my God. And 50 Cent bought the first, what, three rows? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's. <laughs> his first three rows empty. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> That's petty. That's, no, you know what's even pettier than that? It's telling Floyd Mayweather to give him a book if he could read Cat in the Hat. Like, hey, here's a million dollars if you can read this. I will pay a million dollars if you can read it without messing up. 50 Cent did that to Floyd Mayweather. To- <laughs> <laughs> so Love. Read this. It's a third grade book. Come on, man. Oh, boy. Nobody causes smoke like 50 Cent causes smoke. <laughs> no one. Who did he just get into it with? Rick Ross? Yeah. yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah. You're a CO, man. You're a correction officer. 
<laughs> Talk like you Rick. Because you know who Rick Ross is. Yeah. <laughs> Notorious drug dealer. Yeah. How are you Rick Ross? <laughs> You're a correction officer. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a correctional officer unless you play life like you weren't. I don't. Yes. <laughs> that's, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. You know, I don't know what his Respectable story is. career unless you play life like you weren't. There's two things I know about Rick Ross now. They filmed Coming to America 2 at his house. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, all they that. Did? Area, yeah. Oh, yeah. House. He's legit. And and he's building an underground bunker right now. <laughs> For what reason? I guess the end of the world would be something. But he's got all this stuff going on that he's building. Dude, if and, that happens, I hope it hits me in the head. Yeah. Like what? Oh yeah, <laughs> a nuclear apocalypse. I might you don't jump. be around for the aftermath of that. <laughs> yeah, me, uh, me. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh-uh. We're, we're stuck somewhere uh, down underground. Yeah. For years. Looking at who you're going to eat next. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't. I really don't want that. <laughs> Let me go in it. I'm with you, man. I survived a- it. You didn't win. <laughs> That's not a win. I'd be okay until I ran out of edibles, and I'm like, "What are we doing here? Let's just go out. This is even fun." <laughs> That'd be about eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the store. There's nothing left. <laughs> oh well. It's like the scene in uh, Step Brothers where it's Christmas, and he goes, "I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory." She goes, "But it's Christmas," and he turns around and goes, "Merry Christmas." But for those of you that survived 2020, you know how how bad that felt. Imagine being in the bunker. Yeah. How bad did 2020 feel? Where you felt like you just wanted to bust through the walls. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the bunker. Felt guilty going to the supermarket. Like you had to run in and run out. Not, you know. Or you'd go down. Got caught by the National Police. But you didn't feel guilty going to the liquor store. No. No. At least you know you'd actually die if you went outside in a a nuclear apocalypse. But did you die? (laughs) Because there's no joke. You will die at least. You don't know, Joe. Yeah, I do know. You I've seen Mad Max. Apocalypse. I've, I've seen, seen Mad Max. Max. <laughs> sort of Chernobyl special. Yeah. Hey, there's those wolves that cure cancer. Let's go pet one. <laughs> <laughs> Negotiate. 410-583-1057. Before you guys got in, I was watching MLB Network, and I forgot. You remember the, the no-hitter thrown by Edwin Jackson when he walked eight batters? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he Ever- threw a hundred, damn near hundred fifty pitches. <laughs> he walked eight batters. He- the last out was recorded with a runner on first of a no hitter. Yeah, he and AJ Burnett probably have two of the ugliest no hitters in baseball, but they're in the books. They still count. Yep. And Edwin Jackson was one of my favorite guys because, like, he was born in Germany, bounced all over the world. And then played for like every major league baseball team. Teams, yeah. the, uh, major league record. And, and he was teams. really good too early on. And afterwards, he was just kind of hanging on. And everybody's like, oh, we'll get that back from Edwin Jackson. And he'd get out there and he'd have three stars and go, he ain't getting it back. I, I forgot he played here for a minute. Yeah. For yeah, a, a cup of coffee. For a quick minute. Not a minute, but a second. <laughs> Odds that, are he played everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 14 <laughs> teams. He never played for anyone more than uh, three years. Trying to think of what, what that was a good race team too in 2010. Did he I'm, beat? It's funny you said. Like I was just trying to picture what team do I remember him with? Like where, where do I envision him playing? I know what team I remember him with. That was the uh, uh, the White Sox. I remember Edwin Jackson in a White Sox uniform. I forgot that he was in. Um, is he in L.A. Is in the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks uniform. That's what the no hitter was with. Yeah, but I remember seeing him in a White Sox That's uniform. Funny. I just want to see uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> This is hilarious. I just hit images of Edwin Jackson. He's in a Diamondbacks uniform, a Nationals uniform, a Cardinals uniform, a Dodgers uniform, an Oros uniform, a Toronto <laughs> uniform, a Cubs uniform, and an A's uniform. And I'm just scrolling here. <laughs> it's like.
I've been everywhere, man. You know what's weird? I forgot he was an Oriole, and I forgot he was a gnat. I didn't forget he was a gnat. I forgot he was an Oriole. I forgot he was a gnat. How long was he a gnat? Apparently he was a tiger, too. He was with the gnat for like two years. Two years, years, yeah. He's what? Padre. (laughs) Yeah, four years. Hey, not bad, though. 17-year career. (laughs) I'll take it. I mean, he made some girl. Look Look at some of the things that were going on. Who was it? Charles Barkley was trying to get uh, Tony Snell back in the league so he could get his 10-year um, and, and have that that pension for himself in the NBA as he's looking forward. He has two kids that are autistic, and yeah. um, you know he was talking about that. He's like, just give me a shot. He's been playing in the G League just trying to get back to technically say he's played 10 years. And then we have some other players that are always trying to get that five-year, 10-year. Edwin made over $79 million. Hats off to you, Edwin. Over $79 million. He's if, laughing. If your name's Edwin, do you go by Ed or does everybody call you I Edwin? I think he goes by Edwin. What do you think, Ed? Ed? Um, if he went by Ed, wouldn't he be called Ed on the field? Like Cal? The Calvin? Ed? Yeah. Especially a lot of uh, Edwins are Latino and they go by the full name. Yeah. 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 I always like the influx of the uh, Russian names with the uh, Latin ball players. Yeah, the Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, yeah and there, there's a lot of those. Ivan Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You know, Ivan. No, no, he's Ivan. He's not a bad guy. Ivan. This is my favorite photo. <clears throat> Whoever did this was a genius. What was that? Oh, it's Edwin Jackson pitching, and it's every one of his uniforms next to it. Is <laughs> well, he's that throwing. is genius. Yeah, Orioles up front. Yeah. <clears throat> angry Joe is angry about something that I think we all share with him on this one. We'll talk about that at six thirty. But on the other side, the Terps take care of business last night. And uh, they kind of did what we said, suggested that they do, Jeremy. Slow this thing down. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Maryland has knocked off Iowa, not only in Iowa City, but here tonight in College Park, the final 78-66. to I thought we battled and gave ourselves a chance on the road against Ohio State. And, you know, to keep fighting. Uh, I've seen a lot of teams that have been through this that kind of just don't come out and fight, and these guys show great heart. So I think for them it's really important. They did tr- show tremendous heart. Maryland is now 14-11, and 6-8 in the Big Ten after a 78-66 to win over the Iowa Hawkeyes. And again, we talked about it yesterday during the show. How can Maryland beat Iowa? Slow it down. And then slow it down, Jeremy. This may be a a game plan, guys, that they want to look at moving forward because they were super efficient from the field last night, just under 50% shooting. You know what the weird thing about that is? Is that Jameer Young didn't shoot the ball well. 
No, he didn't. He, he shot four of 12. He was horrible. The reason that he ended up having what you would deem a good night is because he was perfect from the free throw line. And 13 he went 13. there a lot. Yeah, he was 13 to 13 from the free throw line. Uh, Reese, uh, Julian Reese, 7 of 10 from the field. And, you know, let's not, let's not ignore the fact that Deshaun Harris-Smith had a career night as well. Yeah, I was just the gonna... freshman ball last night. He he was he came off the bench, didn't pout about it. Seven of ten, seventeen points, uh, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, he didn't commit three turnovers. Maryland had eleven turnovers, but Jeremy, they had eight turnovers in in the first half. So they played very very efficiently in the second half. Yeah, I tell you, and the one thing you mentioned uh, bench players, I heard Willard talking. And his, he was actually saying, we can't just rely on, you know, Reese all the time. We need a couple of these guys. We, you know, we don't need 20. We just need six to eight points yeah. just to push over the, over the top. And apparently he got it. So. And Kaiser had uh, nine points coming off the bench, too. So that's 26 points between these two. 28 overall because Geronimo chipped well, in a field goal as well. And then they played better than the two other guys that were starting and ended up, you know, getting more minutes because of it. Um, as the production was there. And it, it's another one of those games. If you just if you didn't watch last night's game and you open up the box score, you're like, Jameer Young led them in scoring. Uh, Juju grabbed all the rebounds. Right. Typically what you see, points and rebounds, those two are at the top. But the key here was the second half. Iowa got in a lot of foul trouble. Yep. Um, and then, again, going back to Jameer Young, it's one thing to, to shoot poorly from the field, but if you get the opportunity to build it up from the free throw line, this is what James Harden, LeBron James, like all these guys in the league, they're making so much headway at the free throw line and making their free throws that – that's what turns them into good-looking players every night, into great players because they're adding those eight to twelve points from the line. Fifteen of his twenty-one were in the second half, eleven but from the free throw line. And what happened was, Jeremy looked at me, uh, and that in the second half, that that pace that Maryland played with made Iowa very, very impatient, and that's where the steals it, came from. It must have been the steals and that. They also Iowa shot really poorly. I mean, just and and I, I wonder if it's just you, you know. can attribute it some of it to the Terps defense. That's yeah. what I mean, yeah. Um, but you know, like forty percent from the floor. They have fewer they layups. Take a lot of bad shots. Yeah. They have fewer layups. Yeah. yeah, Iowa gets a lot of layups because of the tempo. There were two baskets back to back in the first half. I don't know if you guys remember this. When Maryland scored, we talked about this yesterday. Maryland scored before Maryland could get in position to get back. Iowa was back down their throats, back down court. What happened was. In the second half, Maryland changed their offensive formation a little bit where they had guys already rolling back because they were shooting well. They were shooting well from the field, and they were getting closer to the basket. That slowed Iowa down. That took those those layups away from Iowa, and they started shooting the ball in places they didn't want to shoot it. And they became impatient because they wanted to pick up the pace. And that's what happens to teams that like to go up-tempo. They get impatient quickly. Yeah, and you yeah. throw them out of their game. Yeah. You could see that last night, too. Um, look, the foul trouble is one thing, but when you've watched Iowa play as much as I have, they're a fun team to watch because usually they're very high scoring, but they mm-hmm. do have games like this where you're looking at their shot selection going, oof. And then, I, again, I, that's where I want to credit the Terps in the second half because if you're taking away the easy ones at the basket, you're forcing them. And once mm-hmm. they fall behind, it, you know as well as I do, there are teams that fall behind by double digits, and they're like, the only way we can catch up is if we're shooting threes. Right. Instead of saying the only way we can catch up is if we're getting stops. Stop, hitting stops. And that's them. They were four, It was six of 22 from beyond the arc, 27%. Maryland wasn't any better. They were four of 17. But if the majority of theirs was in the first half, uh, once they kind of took the ball a little bit away from Dante Scott, and, you know, it took the ball away from them a little bit, uh, and, and they just slowed things down. I just thought the game plan was impeccable. I'm sorry. Often the game plan is impeccable, but you don't know that because the execution yeah. is poor. 
I thought the execution of the game plan was almost impeccable in that second half, Ed. No, it showed. It showed. And it's a good example. We talk all the time, whether it's football or basketball, of you know imposing your will and making the opponent do what you want them to do. Don't let them do what they do best, and that's what they did last night. Well, I brought up Iowa many times. So, like, just looking at it from a point standpoint of, like, what your totals are in the game. The Terps are typically in the mid to high 30s, 130s. And Iowa's been everywhere from 150 all the way up into the 170s this year. And when the total last night was, like, 144 and a half, 145, I know it's somewhere in between those two, but that's what led me to believe in looking at the numbers and where the money's coming in. I'm going... I think this is a Terps night just because, and granted, at halftime I felt like crap, yeah. you know, but but you look at those totals and it, it kind of tells you that the pace of play they think is going to happen. Because yeah. if they'd have played at Iowa, maybe the total would have been different. Maybe it would have been higher. I don't know. They did. They held with 67 points in January. Yeah, so so it's, maybe it just they match up really well with them. Yeah. 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 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Do you feel more, you know, you, when you're a fan, everything you – that the team does positive, you grab, you know, grab hold of everything they do negative. You feel like the sky is falling. Ed, with six games left, six and eight in the conference now after last night's win. True, you have Illinois and uh, at home next. Uh, that game is actually what? What's the seventeenth? That Saturday. The seventeenth. Today's yeah, yes. the thirteenth. Okay, yeah. you have them at home Saturday the at five thirty, <laughs> and then um, they're on the road back to back games against Wisconsin and Rutgers. Any optimism that the Terps can turn it around down the stretch? No. Okay. Fair enough. You can ask Ed. I did ask him. Oh, I'm the one that answered. <laughs> no. I'm kind of a no, too. <laughs> I hate to say it. It's, uh, nah. And I'm not like. Do I think they will? No. Do I believe they can because they play so well defensively? Yes. I just don't know whether or not. Jeremy, you know how this is. Sometimes you employ this game plan against certain teams, and it goes so well. And you overthink it. You think that game plan only matters against that team. And you never stop looking back. Well, you know what? We slowed it down and shot better. Maybe that should be our new approach in general. I think if they do that, they're a more efficient team. But I think sometimes they try to up-tempo it too much, and they just aren't built that way. By the way, in the Big Ten, well, the problem is in the Big Ten, can they slow it down and beat the other teams that slow it down and play well? I think they can Illinois. They can't, they can't beat Wisconsin at that. Well, Illinois I think plays they, fast, too. That's what I'm saying. I think they can slow it down against them. Wisconsin, you're not going to beat Wisconsin at that game. Because that's their game. They've mastered you're their not. game. Maybe Rutgers. Northwestern's going to have a hard time. So Penn State, Rutgers, Northwestern, it depends if you're at their place or your place. Like the Big Ten's. They're at Penn State. And they are, never mind. That's, no. No, I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to be <laughs> as polite as possible because I pissed off a lot of people yesterday, but that's a you problem. Um what did we piss people off with yesterday? The ticket thing. What do you say about the tickets? Remember, no, we were talking about the seats for yeah. people that had PSLs. What'd you say? I said, look, with all due respect, and I mean this. Well, you said that. You put all due respect in front of it. Yeah. So, so it's how fine. can you get mad? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I just, wanted, I just wanted to bring it back up. But go ahead with the Maryland thing. Yeah, but you didn't even bring up my tweet yesterday where I told people they if somebody was like, "Is Rob still giving out tickets this year with the new sale of the team?" And I said, "Yes." Now you just got to pick which section you want to sit in. I don't make it rain on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway. Maryland, that's what we were talking no, about. No, but I'm just hey, saying, like, hey. what? Oh. Edward Jackson. Jackson. 
that's what I saw. It oh, just really? looped. It's looped. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what the yeah, hell the, are we the talking t- about? The TV. The TV's not Facebook. Yeah. They just. That's just. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're listening to you now through the TV. I was watching it an hour ago. They show the same show every hour until gotcha. like seven o'clock. Uh, barbershop topic of the day at seven o'clock. Don't you go anywhere. But up next. It's Angry Joe. Joe, I'm feeling you this morning, man. Yeah, man, we got to talk about it. Um, One dead, 22 injured uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs parade yesterday. It's Um, supposed to be a celebration, people. Yeah, Ed Ed mentioned it in our text thread. This is the third time in the last year that there's been uh, violence at a a sports celebration. it's sad it's becoming as American as sports. No, man, I don't. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll we'll just have to try to break it down on the other side. It's Big Bad Morning Show. Joe's not alone on this one. The entire nation should be angry about this. Tell us why you're mad, Joe. Uh, we got another shooting. Uh, like I said in the tease, this is the third shooting at a sports celebration in the last year. I, I'd kind of forgotten about the other two, which is. Kind of proves the idea that like this is just a, a cycle, basically. But there was ten people injured, ten people shot at the Nuggets championship parade. I forgot about that. And then there was also gunfire last year in the parking lot yeah. at the at the Texas Rangers World Series championship yeah, yeah. parade. Um, com- completely forgot about those. Uh, we, we're getting we're getting numb to it. Yeah, I mean, I was we're thinking about numb. it last night, and especially for. I mean, you guys all grew up in a time period where if something like this happened, it was more of an isolated incident, and it was kind of even more shocking because you'd never th- – it just it, – I'm so used to seeing this as my entire life I've just always dealt with it. I mean, I was seven when Columbine happened, and then from there it's just like, oh, I like, I'm, don't want to go to the movies because I might get shot, or I don't want to go to the mall because I might get shot, and it's – not something I think that anybody thought they'd have yeah. to worry about. And it's as crazy as it sounds, it's not unreasonable anymore to say that. Yeah. No, no like, like hearing that sounds ridiculous because you you know the like the percentage of you actually getting shot at the mall, but yeah. like I can't argue it because it's happened at so many random places. I don't want to win that lottery. No. You know, I don't want to be the guy that. Well, it's weird when you start to know people. Like I know someone really who was a student at Virginia Tech when that shooting happened. Yeah, yeah. my During, on lockdown. My brother was a student there. If it would have happened five hours later, he would have been in one of the rooms where six people were killed. Yeah. So, like, like you're saying, Ed, it's like this. <laughs> it's like the Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation of like, how many people can I go until I find someone I know that almost died in a mass shooting? Well, that's yeah. uh, one of the girls that died in the Annapolis Capitol shooting uh, was the ex girlfriend of my best friend. So five years they dated, and like you, again, it, it's. The more and more this happens, it's like, and I know this is, we, we talk about Smaltimore and things like that, mm-hmm. but you're going to have somebody that's been affected by a yeah. school shooting, by, you know, something going wrong at a parade, so, yep. you know, yeah. a, a nightclub, whatever, church. I mean, you pick a place at grocery store. I mean, I can keep going to places that haven't been safe, right? Like all which, the- is, which, is, which is absolute shame, the fact that we outnumber the troublemakers, but we let the troublemakers cause so much disaster. You know, I mean, and you do know people. You mentioned the Gazette in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed by one of the guys killed. Yeah. Rob Hyerson, whose brother was one of my favorite authors. Actually, friend, they're friends with Kevin Coward. Coward's very close with Rob Hyerson. Um, and you know, so when you start to know people, it's really weird I, in all these. So, I get, like, 
the big question is, what do you do? We, how long have we been asking that question? Mm-hmm. Well, because have we done anything to try to stop it? I mean, like, heard seriously, yeah. like, you know, we, we've talked about this and I don't care where you stand on gun reform. Mm-hmm. I don't, my family all own guns. I've, I've lived, you know, with a family of hunters and they love their guns. I don't give a rat's ass about guns, but I've never had it in my life. It's not something that affects me. You guys have both carried. Mm-hmm. You guys have both had guns. I don't want to talk about it, whether or not you have them now, whatever. But, but like, there is a big difference. And I've, I've seen both sides of it to where I'm like, I listen to people's like, I don't know why we have this. You and I were talking about it off the air the other day before this even happened well, see, about, they, like, is it something where you can take the guns off? The, is there too many guns where it's like, where do you are. start? I'll give you a perfect incident. You talk about taking guns off the street. I was involved in a situation where having a legal gun probably saved my life from an incident from, guy, from two guys who I guarantee you had a gun illegally. So are you saying... Take gun, people's gun rights away, away. I instantly that day become a victim because I have no gun rights, and the people on the other side who don't care about gun rights yeah. do have a gun. So yeah. that that's a situation right there where you know because someone legally possesses one, you stop an incident. Is his thought process kind of why like you, like what you're talking about? That all mine's sudden- that plus because okay. it's it's. I mean, I have many times, but one in particular when I was off duty that kind of saved me. Um, but there's two things. I, well, I was going back. I was going home. I, I would go run down the subway steps in Manhattan, and the gate's locked. And when they lock the gate, they always put something at the top to let you know so you don't do that. Yeah. Well, somebody obviously moved it. And all of a sudden, here, a big set of fecum, boom, running down the steps right after me. Turn around. Now I'm in a suit with a raincoat on. And this guy, he's looking, and I, I, and I know what's up. There's somebody else at the top of the stairs. So there's a lookout, and this guy. And I just turn around, and he's puzzled now because I'm not terrified. It's like, mm-hmm. there's something up here. I don't know what this is because I worked by Wall Street there. He must have assumed I worked on Wall Street. But I'm not like, yeah, he's like, and looking at him, he goes, gate's locked, huh? I go, sure looks like that. I'm still staring at him. He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go to Chamber Street. I said, it's a good idea. Well, my gun was pointed right at his chest through my pocket. He had, I mean, I he was. He didn't know. He had but, no idea, but he knew something was up, and he took off like a rocket. So I mean, that was one. And but my other problem is to get the guns that are already out there. You'd have to confiscate every. You'd have to search every home in America. Do you know how many people have guns in this country? Well, and this is like we live here in this plenty. What do you think it's like in Texas and Oklahoma and Florida and Georgia? How many guns are yeah, down there? The reason this conversation started because we were talking about Japan, right? Yeah. And the yakuza and how difficult it is to get guns because we were talking about that show Tokyo Vice. And now you have this, but again, like it's hard for me to argue some of the points he's making and that you've made, but there are other people that have been affected by it that are clearly going to fight this. You can't talk to somebody who lost a child in a school shooting and tell them, well, look, we, we can do this, we can do that. You're never going to get all the guns off the street because they've clearly if been you, affected in another way. So who's, who's protecting the children in the Baltimore City Public Schools? And what do they carry? Nothing. See, so, but I don't want guns. So there. how? Well, okay, but but when so, someone comes in with one, how do you truly protect the kids? But everybody keeps saying this. Look, I'm listening to the people that are talking about. Mm-hmm. There's too many guns out there, and how do you confiscate all of them? I'm not listening to. A, the, I don't buy into the uh, a guy with a gun is going to save. We've seen incidents where other people get shot and bad things happen. You're right. So, you're right. But know, there's a ton of ones though, that have been saved by off-duty cops. Like, but at the that, same that time, happened. Missouri has some of the laxest laws. 
in the country in terms of you don't need a permit for concealed exactly. carry. Where were they yesterday? You have to have fans chase this dude down and tackle the, one of the shooters. Like When those people woke up, that's not something they should have to worry about at all. You're 100% right. Andy Reid shouldn't have to think about, I have to wake up today and comfort some little kid who's mm-hmm. the parents. Or, or the radio blame. DJ who died. It was yes. a radio DJ who died. Who, who told somebody, I'll see you later. And this is what's supposed to be a, we're talking about this from a celebration. Mm-hmm. I never in my life, in my twisted mind thought, you know what will be fun? Let's go into a crowd of people and just start shooting. Come on. Who they had 900, like they said there was 900 police officers 900 law in Kansas City at that point in time. In Kansas City surrounding areas. And people 900. still, and like, I, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what if this was a coordinated type of thing or if there was just three people that saw each other that didn't like each other that just started shooting at it. Like, well, here's, here's the problem, Joe. Well, you can have as many law enforcement officers as you want. How many people were there? How many civilians were there? Uh, yeah, I didn't even see a number okay, on so attendance. You, I can't fire into a crowd. I can't, I can't fire into a crowd. Now, if I see that person standing still and aim mm-hmm. to shoot at someone and I can aim at him, that's one thing. But I can't fire into a crowd of someone running. I think what they're going to have to do, and I'm waiting for someone to come up with this, like what they do in New York City and Times Square on New Year's Eve. You have a million people, a million on average. They're all penned in. You got to get into the pen. You got to pass the police to get into the pen. And I'm not saying you're going to wand everybody, but I'll tell you what, it's very tough to get out of there if you pull something out because. I, I did that for years with a pair of binoculars from a theater, watching the crowd to, to point out who we had to take out of the crowd. And I'm not arguing for against any of this. Like I said, I, I'm I'm a little bit indifferent because it hasn't directly. No, you're striking the conversation. Me. But like, if we don't talk about it, if you don't honestly have a conversation about it, how does anything ever? What's get what I mean? Done? I'm just waiting for someone to say, "Well, what do they do?" Like we haven't, we prepared. Like, oh, get my last day on the job. If there was uh, Y2K, New Year's Eve Y2K. <laughs> To be the preparation went to that. We had every sewer cover in the city welded down, Jeez. literally, so people couldn't come up from the sewer system. We had snipers on route. We had everything. Also, have you know enough manpower to do things like that. But in smaller venues, I mean, what is what's your plan? What is your plan for this? You have a you know Super Bowl parade. What's the plan going to be? Just going to have you guys out there for traffic? I mean, what are you doing? Let's go out to uh, Ellicott City and get Rick. What's up, Rick? Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well, how are you? Doing good. Hey, I just wanted to object to this narrative that the only option is to confiscate all guns. There's a lot of other things we could do to limit the the prevalence of guns. Who said we should confiscate all guns? No, he, 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 he just said there is a oh, there yeah, is yeah. an argument. Not, not We're not saying happen. it. He's yeah. just saying it's out there. Yeah, that. You, you don't have to confiscate all guns to help deal with this problem. You can do things like no assault weapons, require licenses that cost $100 a year per gun, things like that. Right now we have 120 guns per 100 people in the country. Mm-hmm. Next closest is Somalia at 58. We, we, we can do better. We can. The problem is the people that do these things very often – that law yeah, they get them elsewhere. I'm not saying go back to this gun, but like, if you had a musket, mm-hmm. and I'm not making, I'm, I'm seriously not making light. Is there a way? Like, I know people want them, but like the semi-automatic or the automatic weapons that we have and the guns that just fire. They like, don't even have to be on because people misunderstand. Let me just clear one thing up: when people say semi-automatic, 
It's not. It's, it just means it recoils itself. It's ready for the next shot. Yeah, yeah. You That's just got to keep hitting the trigger, right? Yeah, you got to hit. You got one pull, one bullet. Yeah, yeah. But automatic, you just hold. Fully the automatic, you hold down to machine gun. We've got people calling in right now, so we'll we'll re- keep this thing going. Our barber shop topic of the day: a huge, huge incident that took place yesterday in Kansas City. Um, you know, it, it just you can't feel safe for a celebration. Want to hear from you, 410-583-1057, Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Taking your phone calls on the Kansas City shooting situation, 410-583-1057, that's the number. Uh, one confirmed dead. How many injured do we have? Are we up to now? 22? 22. 22, yeah. yeah. Uh, some life-threatening injuries as well. Let's go out to Isaac in Baltimore. What's up, Isaac? Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing Good. well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, um, what bothers me is that most of the time when incidents happen, people sit and talk. Oh, okay, Isaac, talk. Isaac, your phone. Yeah, I don't know if you're on speakerphone speaker or something. Can you put the phone up to you? Because we can't hear you. Okay, let me take it from the blue. Uh, Isaac, what I was saying okay. is that most of the time when something happens, people always say, "Oh, it takes a good man to stop a, a bad man." Look, I've been in a war zone. I live it. I experience it. If you're in a war zone, you know you're in a war zone. Here in America, I don't go anywhere because of all these things that is happening. NIA is trying to sell guns. So they will come in and say, oh, they're trying to take your right away. They're trying to do that. Look in England. How many people you hear going shooting, killing people? In other countries, it doesn't happen. Only here in America, going is so popular. Because, Nobody cares. Isaac, that's because in other countries, it's hard for everybody to get guns. That's the problem. It, it's, it's not hard for you to obtain a gun illegally here, but in other countries, it's hard to obtain a gun at all. So that's that's the issue. <laughs> With people, let me give you a little old guy history lesson here. Before 1968, you could buy them through the mail. Hmm. You just order a gun, and they mail it to you. I think in the South they give it out for buying a carton of cigarettes, right? Don't you get a gun with every carton? Maybe. But they really did. They, I mean, that changed in the 60s. But they'd have, you know, you buy a gun magazine. You say, oh, you want to buy but, the, you know, Colt Commander? Okay, yeah, send it to me. And let me let, let me just throw back at you this. Because, like, we keep saying if it's something that well, we can't confiscate at all and we can't do anything about, well, where do we start? What do we do? Is it stricter violations for people that are trying to buy them? Is it getting rid of automatic automatic weapons for people out there like you can sit here and say that you you love it you need this do you like my family are all hunters i know they have all types of guns i'm not saying you don't like again i i collect things there's things that i like Mm -hmm. it's different from everyone else but when it comes to guns the things that i'm collecting aren't killing anyone hey Mm -hmm. um what what do you have uh joe except maybe me a one texter said if the only way to make these events safe is to just have the have the parade or celebration inside of the stadium so it's more of a controlled event. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a, it's an idea because that's part of, that's kind of what I was saying before. And I like the stadium. If people are in a controlled environment, you know, they're penned in somehow. A stadium is a way of keeping people in. Um, yeah. I mean, they, got, they have to start thinking about something. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's like you're saying, Jeremy. It's like, well, what? I don't know the answer, well, but it, what, are, what are we going to, we can't keep doing this. The biggest problem we have is like, look, the people that we're electing, and when we get down to, uh, I either got somebody that I don't know if he knows where he's at or somebody else that I don't know if he's telling me the truth anytime he speaks. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody thinks out there. Mm-hmm. It's factual with those two. 
and we get to these points and the problem is like look at our look at the house look at look at everything that's all it is is fighting do we get anything yeah. done in this country because we're trying to uh smear it's them with this power that's all it is it's it's ridiculous man and and like i hate this stuff because when it comes to politics people are now starting to treat politics like it's religion let's go yeah. out to daryl in baltimore what's discuss. up daryl what's up buddy good morning how's everybody doing well, how good. are you okay hey my thing is um you know, I, like I agree with Ed with the first, as far as maybe having a section and section it out where when you get in a situation like that where everybody's checked before they come in or try to do it that way. But the only problem I have with, you know, like people that say about guns, I own a gun, so I, but I never heard any politician say you can't have a gun. And so that's, but, but the problem is, how many people have illegal guns? That's that, that's the kind of solution that we should, that we should, should try to fix. You know, that's you know what I think because I haven't heard anybody. People say, "Well, they want to take my right for a gun." Nobody's trying to do that. I've never heard any politician on either side say, "Well, you can't have a gun." Well, I, I mean, I, look, part of the problem too is when we start looking at it and you look at, at everything under a microscope. Look who's putting the money in the pockets of the politicians. You know, we could sit here and talk about big pharma. You can talk about yeah. guns. You can talk about big tobacco. You can talk about a lot of different things. Um, and a lot of those people, if you're supporting them, they're going to side with you. Well, the problem is, too, and it's a real problem. For, I have a problem with it, is that some of the most strident anti-gun people live with armed bodyguards. Yeah. Either police officers, state troopers, secret service agents, whatever. They, they travel with armed men and women wherever they go. So they may not have one, but everybody around them has got them. So good for you. Let's take one more. Let's go to Hartford County and get Troy. What's up, Troy? How y'all doing today, man? Doing well. How are you, man? All right, all right. Uh, this is for all three of y'all, but really more so I'm aiming it at the commission real quick. But it's to me, I don't have an issue with guns, right? But I understand that you have to have things on the front end in terms of when people are going to apply for to get them. But what about the deterrent on the back end of what happens if you do something that you shouldn't do with it? I'm so glad you and, said that. And to me, that's really where the bulk of it is because it's no, it's no deterrent. It's like, all right, I, I get, if I get caught and I kill somebody, whatever, I'm going to go to the country club. Or as my homeboys say, oh, I'm on vacation for a year or two. Yo, prison shouldn't feel like a vacation. If you get caught popping somebody or something with a gun illegally that you shouldn't do, it should be the worst possible treatment that you have to deal with for whatever time that they give it to you. Where it's like, all right, I really don't want to do that. Now, if you run across somebody that just flat out got a death wish and willing to take their life or something like that in, in the process, you can't do nothing about that. But everybody else that's thinking that you want to pop and run, nah, what you doing to deter them? Thanks, gentlemen. And it's funny you uh, said that. I just got a text from a police officer we know. And force the effing laws. People have no idea how many criminals we catch with guns get a slap on the wrist. And that's 100% true. That's the callous point. That's how about sad. when you do something, you punish people? And like, there was not a thing called Project Exile in Richmond, Virginia. What they did was anybody that was caught with a gun who had a prior felony, they were prosecuted federally, and they were sent as far from home as possible. So you're not going with your boys. You're not, you know, you can't just get the old gang together inside and, and run your business. And all. No, you're going to Colorado, or you're going to Georgia, or you're going to Florida, and you live here. And nobody's visiting you, and you don't know anybody in there. It makes a big difference. And there's federal sentences are longer, and you don't get out. Uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey reflect on the Andy Reid sideline incident. We'll do that at 745. But on the other side, should the Ravens spend draft capital to move up or attempt to stockpile picks? That's our barbershop topic of the day. Up next on The Fan. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 